This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. And that's you. So glad that you are here. Now, I have been thinking, because people have been starting to contact me, and we've kind of got a bit of a direction and and a roadmap, as the Prime Minister refers to it, in the UK for moving out of lockdown and restrictions into full freedom. And the idea is to be a one-way street so that you only do it once and don't go into lockdown again. And the virus might have different plans. So everything is subject to possible change and the virus not (laughs) getting out of control again. So who knows? But people are starting to turn to thoughts of, hey, I'd like to come and see the alpacas and, oh, I'd like to buy alpacas. So I find that a little bit difficult, but I thought it'd be useful just to look at some issues around... If you can have alpacas, how do you get started? And I think the first question to consider is why? Why? I mean, it's a good question to ask for anything that you're doing, but why? What is it that you want? Why do you want to keep alpacas? What's the purpose? Are they going to be for fleece or for pets? Are they going to be for breeding or just companion animals? So you're only looking for some castrated males. Not that they are that easy to come by. So here are some musings of me out and about when I was feeding the alpacas a bit earlier. So here we are again, tea time for the girls. And it's, uh, I can't work out. They're too pretty happy. They're a bit subdued. But um, they're all kind of munching away. i just got some alpha on the go now, so. Yeah, so I've been thinking, because we're getting roadmaps being talked about how to come out of lockdown and all that kind of stuff in the UK, which is great. Um, except I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure I'm ready to face the world again. Somebody said that today and I thought, oh, yeah, I relate to that. So I'm finding that people are starting to, to approach me and say, oh, can we come and see the alpacas? And I'm sure it won't be long before people are contacting and saying, oh, I think you're buying alpacas. Um, which is it's just, a, you know, that in, in, all in-between phases are so difficult, aren't they? So before you start, before you, before they arrive, before you get the work done, the preparation work done or whatever, it's all um, in between. <laughs> so I feel a bit like in between at the moment. But uh, it's kind of winter, but not quite. And uh, spring's certainly not here yet, but it's going to be nice in a few days. And so we'll take advantage of the sunny weather and the alpacas will love it. <laughs> they always do. And they dry out and fluff up and, and clean up. They're clean, dry animals, so all the dirt turns to dust and comes off, most of it anyway. Some of it goes down towards the skin, and I'm thinking, oh, that's coming towards me for, for shearing time. Yeah, no, they, they generally seem to be doing well, the little ones, mostly. There's a few that have started to do that funny, gangly look, where they've started to grow. Their legs have gone first, and they just look a bit taller and a bit more gangly than they did just even a couple of weeks ago. And the others are still looking quite small in comparison. But they seem to be quite a happy bunch, which is nice to see. So, yeah, so what is it 
that you need to be thinking about if you are thinking of having alpacas and we revisit that now and again and I just thought it would be helpful to just run through some of the key aspects so have you got capacity in terms of space space for them five to an acre is a guide figure and if you only got one acre then five is probably too many as I've said before but it's that thing of how can you maintain a good balance of grazing a balance of space for them in terms of uh, not getting too concentrated with parasite problems etc have you got the accommodation for them so somewhere to get them out of any bad weather whether it's too hot too cold too wet too windy some field shelters are really helpful but also something that's a, a working space where you can get them into whether it's a stable or a barn enough space indoors that you can arrange them and can work through them without them getting really stressed and you having to chase them around so small enough areas and that's back to my favorite point hello Owena you come to see me have you what are you doing standing there talking and she's come across with 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 amazing kind of lips covered in dust <laughs> she's always she does that when I'm talking she comes up behind me uh, and has a little sniff and <laughs> check out what are, you, what, what are you doing what is it you're doing so she's fun to be around yeah so it's this this thing of how can you move them and, and manage them and hurdles are such a key part of my basic kit for doing that so a set of four will give you a catch pen you can put it up against a fence you can work one as a gate and, and you can work them along the fence and into the catch pen close them in and you can do it inside a stable or a barn so you've got a smaller area it allows you to set up and, and work with a, a couple or three if you're going to be doing halter training or handling with them if you're checking them over you need to be able to control them and a smaller space works best for that so hurdles are ideal they need to be tall enough so the the taller ones that you can get which are called alpaca hurdles are much better they need to be heavy enough so they're not going to be able to push them out of the way or tip them over and they also need to be not too heavy so that you can manage them so eight foot six foot make a catch pen perhaps you get six and then you've got a slightly longer oblong or you can put them together and make the central central wall then becomes a you count that twice so you've got three at one end three at the other end one in the middle and you know that kind of thing so you can actually organize to have two catch pens that are attached to each other that can be useful if you're doing weaning uh, and then hold to training with the young ones then you can have some in a group that are inside and some that you're working with inside the other one and they're not too far away from each other then so somewhere to house them somewhere to be able to move them and work with them somewhere you can store stuff like food something to be able to have the the other bits of kit that you're going to have like um some of the some of the webbing tapes that you can herding tape that you can use and that's so useful when you're by yourself clip it to a fence that's one fixed point and then you can scoop around and collect them and move them down down into a hurdle catch pen or into a stable or the barn so there's multiple ways of of doing that and organizing things i've still got a, a strange i've got a 
a stable that was, I'd taken the walls out, so it's a kind of a funny L-shaped thing, really. Um, works well most of the time, but I, I still haven't cracked the, getting a, a, a flow through that that really works. Um, it's been better and sometimes, but yeah. Oh, here we go. I can see midges in the air again. It doesn't take long. We've just had a little bit of warmth and, and already the flies are starting to come back again. So we've had a few, a few weeks or possibly a couple of months free, but it's, it's the, the, the flies are going to start to be coming back now. So, um, yeah, it's that, that thing of being able to manage them and move them, do the work you need to, either in handling or in husbandry. And that will then give you a good foundation. And you can spend time around them. I mean, I'm starting here with some of them are feeding, some are off having some hay, some are spitting each other. Ellie doesn't like the fact that Millie is getting too close to some food that's left in a bucket. And so she's objecting and, and pushing Millie out the way. Um, but the, the observation of the animals is always fun and interesting, but also it's, it's educational. It helps for future. It uh, gets you to know individual animals. It gets you to know what's going on. And it's interesting. If you, if you, I, I've moved away this morning. I've been trying to, to, to work out what is it they're looking at? Who are they looking at? Which of the other animals are they, are they keeping an eye on? How are they interacting? And it's not just me. I mean, obviously, they're looking at me when I'm looking like I'm a threat or looking like I'm interesting because I've got food or just because I move or because I'm talking. But what are they doing otherwise? Who are the, who are the kind of groupings? Who are, they, who are they relating to? Who are they keeping a distance from? All those kind of things are really useful in bits of information for understanding how they're working as a group and how they might work if you needed to put a couple together who are the friends to put together or the, the related ones that you can put together that are not going to fight they're not going to find it difficult but they're going to be quite happy together hello sweetheart hello i'm i'm, I'm developing some interest and uh, little <laughs> sniffings in my direction and staring at me he's like, what are you up to what, what, what just what, just what is he doing standing here talking the birds. The wind's dropped a bit, which is nice. The rain stopped for now. <laughs> I think we've got some more coming. But then we've got some glorious sunny weather and spring will arrive, at least for a couple of days. The grass has really shifted. I know I talked about shifting. I was partly meaning it growing and it has sort of got that look about it. But just that couple of days of, of slightly more sun, it's slightly higher because the angle of the sun changes through the year. But it, it's meant that the grass has become much more vividly green. It feels like it's got more life in it, it's got more goodness in it. And uh, just sneaking up a little bit taller than it used to be. <laughs> so the alpacas are spending a lot more time, relatively speaking, eating grass rather than eating the food that I'm putting out, which is really good to see. And that's the, the little kind of development of things through there. Uh, Millie's got something that's gone down the wrong way. A bit stuck in the throat. There's always one. And one of her daughters. She just seems to get so... Uh, she just really seems to... It's Betsy. She just seems to really easily get choking. I don't know quite exactly what's going on physically or 
whatever, but she seems to, to regularly end up with a, with a coughing fit and choking. <laughs> I wouldn't do that little one. There's one of the other ones is grazing off the back of, of Millie. She's been very good at the moment, but this other one's just kind of having a, a good old nozzle. Oh, there's bits, there's bits on her back, look. I just, if I, I can just graze those off. I feel like Millie's the one to be doing that too. Interesting. A few of them have got milk moustaches. They've just had bits and pieces of milk. Their mums are starting to self-wean. And particularly the females, it's, it's more difficult. We, uh, yeah, the weather's been awful again. Uh, we just haven't got that field that's far enough away that's good for, for, for weaning. Um, so we're not quite there yet, but uh, they're, they're doing, doing okay. And they're becoming more independent, which is good to see. So we've got the accommodation, we've got the space in terms of grazing and, um, and other things. So the other factors then, how are you going to be able to move them around? Have you got enough land that you can rotate them and move them as the grass gets eaten? As, because if you've got more mounds, the grass gets used up quicker. So then a question of, have you got enough for rotation to give it a rest and let it grow up a bit more? And, uh, and also rest in terms of parasites. It's a, it's a difficult, and there's different ways of doing it. You can obviously find different solutions that will work, but there's a better or a best situation, and that's the one you want to be aiming for. So where are the fences going to run? How is it going to move them between fields, particularly if you're by yourself? You've got what you've got, and you have to work with it. So, but you know, can you put extra fences in or a laneway in? A laneway is a like a path that goes between fields, and it's fenced, so you can open a gate one end and open a gate the other end, and you can they they can only go from one field to another following the laneway, and they can also graze on the laneway, which is a really useful way of doing things. So it's a good a good management practice that one, a good way of doing that. Mm. So I think I'm going to head back to the ranch. It's just getting a little bit darker. Yeah, pretty much finished. They're just dealing with the corners with the, the bits and pieces of crumbs in. And then they'll be heading off out for the evening and the night. So we'll knock the lights off and leave them to it. And I'll go back indoors. So this question of why, what, what is it that's driving this desire? And it's very difficult as an owner, as a breeder. Sometimes I feel like I want to kind of keep, keep people at arm's length. Oh, it's not that I don't want to sell my animals, and, and we have sold animals, quite a number, but it's, it's this thing of finding the best fit for people. And sometimes they, it's a, not clearly thought through. They haven't necessarily got the best set up in terms of space or ability to house the alpacas. So sometimes people are a bit too quick, wanting to jump in and, and get the alpacas, take them home with them almost. So it needs a bit of thought, it needs a bit of working through. And the starting place definitely is the why. Why, why, why? <laughs> why do you want to keep alpacas? I can think of all kinds of good reasons and many, many benefits. And 
if you are thinking about keeping alpacas, oh, it's such a good thing to do if you're able to be able to afford them in the first place, able to afford to keep them. I've got the space and the capacity both uh, in terms of land, but also in terms of capacity, in terms of your time. Uh, and the fact they're going to be around for quite a while because they do live a long time. If you're thinking of keeping alpacas, it's a great idea. It just needs to be approached in the right way. Hopefully some of these thoughts will have been useful to you. And if you got any specifics or would like to know more or have any comments, do drop me a line. Steve at alpacatribe.com Thanks for being here. See you again soon. And if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.